The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. A diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market. Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Welcome to Investing Simplified. However you may be listening, thank you for joining us and thank you for making us a part of your day. I'm Bo Caldwell, CFP President and CEO here at Price Financial Group. I wanted to thank you for tuning in on this Christmas Eve. If you are listening to us, happy holidays to those to celebrate. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, happy late Hanukkah to those folks of that persuasion that I know Hanukkah ended just a few days ago. But thank you so much for tuning in today and taking time away from your family. If you miss parts of today's show and you want to catch a replay, you can always find that at www.pricefg.com or by downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcast. So this week, just like other weeks, ups and downs in the market, although really it's been mostly up lately. The markets have just been going up, up, up lately as we hear better and better news on inflationary numbers, as we hear better and better news on economic numbers. We see a lot of markets just going up. And from a technical standpoint, and that's analyzing the charts, looking at you know volume and price movement in the markets, it looks like there's room to go up as well. All that being said, does that mean that the markets are just going to continue to go up? I don't know. And the key is analyzing that is actually saying, I don't know. Now, I've done a lot of research, folks. I've done a lot of research. I've studied charts. I've been in this industry for a long time. And you can do fundamental analysis. You can do technical analysis. I have analyzed both on this show before and shown you how one works one way and one works another way. And the thing about it is neither one of them is going to tell you what's correct. That's like the idea of are we tactically managing our portfolio or are we strategically managing our portfolio? As a reminder, I've talked about that before. Tactically managing means you have these portfolio managers who are out there who are telling you that they can predict the market because they have this algorithm or they have this technical structure that they use and they are going to get out of the market before the market gets too bad and get back into the market when it starts to get better. And the short answer is they don't know either. And then the strategic investors, the ones who, that's the boggleheads, the buy and hold, where you just buy the S&P 500 and hold long term, and that's going to work out for you. And it very well could over the long term. That very well could work out for them, absolutely. Because historically speaking, when you look long term, the S&P 500, the market you know measurement in general, does really well over time. And you've heard a lot of people talk about, well, this long-term average on the stock market is X percent. And depending on when you pull that data, you can show that the long-term average is between 9 and 14% on average in the S&P 500. But that's an average. And that's over the long term. And that includes holding on 
through 55% down from you know peak to trough in 2008, 2009. That includes holding on through 2020 when the market crashed. That includes holding on last year in 2022 when the market went way down. And so far this year, more than 20% up in the S&P 500 is very impressive. When you break it down, and I've broken it down multiple times, that is seven stocks that are up over 70% and 493 stocks that are up 12 so it's a very concentrated S&P 500 being up that much. But if you pull the data from the what we call the lost decade, and that would be 2000 to 2010, the market's actually averaged flat. If you pull the data from 1966 to 1982, the market was flat. Ex-dividends. So when you're looking at these time periods of saying, hey, we should just buy and hold over time, it should work out, historically speaking, but there are also periods where it doesn't work out and it doesn't work out to be in your best interest. So I like to think of not making a binary bet, either on strategically investing by buying and holding or on tactically investing by trying to time things because you just don't know when it's timed. You don't know when you're going to have to get out. A combination of both makes the most sense to me because you want to have some money that we're being tactical about and we have some money that we're being strategic about. And if you're utilizing a process similar to what we use here at Price Financial Group, we want to have some money allocated to a no-risk bucket as well. Because ideally, you have money at risk, you have money at more risk, and money at less risk, and a money at no risk. Diversification of risk as well as diversification in the market because that's the only thing that we can actually control when talking about the overall markets and talking about our portfolios is how much risk we are exposing our portfolio to. The question becomes, how much of the stock market risk do we want to take and how much risk do we need to take? And the only way that we can answer that is by running through a risk tolerance questionnaire that we use. We use our proprietary risk tolerance questionnaire to judge how much risk can we take because if you're taking risk in the market, you have to be willing to stay in it. You have to be willing to risk that and stay in that risk bucket. And then the other question is how much risk do we need to accomplish our goals? And the only way we can analyze that is by having a comprehensive holistic financial plan so we can build out the roadmap to get to us to where we want to go. And you've heard Matt and Matt talk about our proprietary process, building out that roadmap for clients. But I don't know how fast you need to drive until I know how we're going to get there. I need the roadmap to tell us how we're going to get there, and then we can build out how fast we need to drive, and then we can measure that against your ability to drive that fast. Because not everybody wants to drive 60, 70 miles an hour. And if we're talking about miles an hour, we the risk software that we use categorizes the S&P 500 as driving 75 miles an hour out of 100. That's pretty fast. And it can work out really well. You can be, I have, we have families that we serve where they are 100% invested in equities and they are just holding on for the long term because that's how they've built their retirement plan. And we have investors that are 100% invested in safe money because that's the risk that they can handle. And then you got to play with the variables about what that means for your overall picture. But you don't know until you actually build out that holistic, comprehensive plan. And somebody who tells you that you should just stuff it all into the S&P 500 or stuff it all into Apple stock, for example, you, you probably shouldn't. Our view is you shouldn't stuff everything into one bucket anyway, but you probably shouldn't stuff it all into an at-risk bucket because at some point between now and the end of time, 
that investment is going to lose money. And can you handle that money loss? Is that money loss handleable? handleable? <laughs> I don't think that's a word. But is that something that you can handle in your mental psyche, in your retirement plan, just in general? The way that we build out our all-weather portfolios is with the goal of capturing upside when the market's up, capturing less downside than the overall market if we can when the market is down, and over time accomplishing our goals because the comparison, and you've heard me harp on it, I'm going to harp on it again, comparing yourself to the S&P 500 unless you're 100% invested in stocks and overweighted towards technology stocks as the S&P 500 is, overweighted specifically towards Apple because it makes up such a big portion of that particular index, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to the S&P 500. Should be comparing yourself to the goals that you have and what you need to accomplish. Are you driving fast enough to accomplish your goals? And we, again, when we build out these plans, I don't want you to think that it is bulletproof because nothing when investing in the market is bulletproof. Nothing is without risk. Investing always comes with risk and investments can lose money. But if we can build out a portfolio that fits within our plan, that fits that roadmap that we have, that we have decided on, it gives our families that we serve the ability to go to sleep at night without worrying about where the market's going to open in the morning. Market opens at 6.30 in the morning. A lot of retired folks don't want to be up at 6.30. Some people do. But it, wouldn't it be nice to have a plan to be confident enough in your plan that you don't have to worry about what CNBC or what Fox Business or Bloomberg is saying in the morning? What stocks are red? What stocks are green? What's happening? Now, you can worry. focus on what's important, your family, your goals, your retirement dreams, where you can go out and play that round of golf or you can take that trip to Aruba and not have to worry about what's happening in the stock market because you know that your plan is built out for all the zigs and the zags that the market is going to take. Again, nothing is bulletproof. We're not guaranteeing anything that's not going to go down. What we do is try to ensure that our clients can have the peace of mind that we are working towards accomplishing their goals by following that roadmap. And if you have a map similar to goals, they say, you know, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell said, you know, you got to the write goals down. If you write goals down, they're much more likely to be accomplished. Having a written financial plan, you are much more likely to follow that plan and to follow what you're supposed to be doing and not panic out of the market, not make any changes based on emotion. You're much more likely to accomplish what you're looking to do. Nothing, again, is guaranteed, but you are much more likely to be able to accomplish what you're looking to accomplish if you have a written, comprehensive, holistic plan that looks out for all those potholes that may come up. And the key here is you are reviewing that plan at least once a year with your financial planner. And if you're not, give our office a call. We'd love to show you how we do it, how we serve our clients and see if that's something you might be interested in. There is never an obligation for a radio listener to sit down with a member of our team at 503-253-3000. I'm going to take a break here and we'll be back with more Investing Simplified. This is Matt Sudol, Chief Operating Officer and Wealth Manager here at Price Financial Group. And from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to wish you all a happy holiday season. Thank you for listening to Investing Simplified. Thank you. 
Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. If you're just now joining me, thanks for making me a part of your day. I'm Bo Caldwell, President and CEO of Price Financial Group here in Portland, Oregon, coming at you live from our studio here in Southwest Portland. Appreciate you tuning in, appreciate you listening. And if you have a question about anything we cover in today's show or a question that you'd like covered on a future show, we're not able to take calls at this particular moment. So you can send those questions into askbo, A-S-K-B-O, at pricefg.com, or feel free to give our office a call, 503-253-3000, or you can send us a text at that same number if you have a question you'd like to have covered on the air. You can also use that same number, 503-253-3000, to set a time to sit down with a fiduciary member of our planning team who will go through our process, our proprietary process, take you through it, show you what we think about how you've done so far while planning for your retirement or your income goals and tell you what we do if you were working with us. There's never an obligation to sit down with a team member. So I'm here today by myself, you know, for this segment, wanted to cover some taxes, which is everyone's favorite piece of the puzzle is tax planning. And we do a lot of tax planning for these clients that we work with, these families that we work with. And when people hear tax planning, they think, I don't need to do tax planning. That's just a thing that businesses do. And certainly, if you own a small business, or particularly if you are an S-corp owner of a small business or a partnership, there is a certain amount of tax planning you need to do for the following year in terms of how much money to set aside, estimates on how much money you're going to make in dividends from that S-corp stock, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people think about that as tax planning. Unfortunately, in our industry, most advisors shy away from the concept of tax planning because they are not tax repairs. And at Price Financial Group, we are not tax repairs. We do have a partner firm, our Hug CPAs and Associates, that's actually located just below the studio where I'm coming at you right now, and they can help with tax preparation. But that's the one time you go see a CPA or accountant, right? And it's to do tax preparation. And when do you talk to them? Really, you talk to them to look backwards, to see what happened over the last year, how much tax do you got to owe. And it's funny, income tax in our country is a voluntary tax. I'm going to let that sink in. It's a voluntary tax. Now, that does not mean that you don't have to pay your taxes. You still have to pay your taxes. However, that means that you get to tell the IRS how much you think you owe you send the money in, then they review it and tell you whether you were right or wrong. And if you underpay by too much, then you end up owing money. And so that's where the CPA or the the tax attorney comes in. That's where you go for a tax preparation situation is to get your taxes prepared because you've got to pay your invoice, right? And that's essentially what it is, is an invoice to the IRS based on how much money you made in the last year and how much you will have to pay in taxes based on the money that you made. 
However, when we look at tax planning, we're not talking about tax planning in terms of your income tax over the last year that requires a licensed preparer to do, or you can do it on your own on TurboTax or, or different things like that. We're talking about tax planning for retirement because a thing that a lot of people forget about is that taxes, you know, the, what's the, what the adage, the only things that are true are going to be there forever. The only things that are guaranteed are death and taxes, right? And death and taxes, funny enough, in this country, we didn't have income tax before 1913. So it was back in, you know, after the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln tried to get an income tax passed, but it got shot down. And then back in the early 1900s, there was an amendment passed that established income tax. And at that time, the top tax rate was back, was down in the 7% range. And so really, you didn't have to do that much tax planning, right? Because it was the tax brackets were like one through seven. So there wasn't a whole lot of tax planning to be done. Now, when I say tax planning, that involves looking at whether or not you want to do a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. How do you want to allocate your funds for looking at 401k balances? How much should I withhold? How much should I keep back? How much should I save for retirement? And about where you put the money in. Because when you go into retirement and you change that musculature like we talked about, you go from a saving muscle to a spending muscle. It's really not about how much money that you have coming in an income. It's how much you get to keep. So if your portfolio can generate, you know, a ton of income, but you have to pay taxes in, you know, a marginal tax rate of potentially 30% or so, how much money are you making? doesn't really matter. It's how much money do you get to keep? So properly planning for that income plan to make sure that you have the best availability of funds in retirement is important. Factors that are involved in that tax planning discussion are Social Security. Did you know that if you have a certain amount of provisional income, your Social Security is subject to tax. Luckily, in the state of Oregon, that's the one thing we don't get taxed on is Social Security benefits. But the feds do tax it if you cross certain thresholds, up to a maximum of 85% of your Social Security. You also have a capital gains rate versus ordinary income. So ordinary income is a bucket system that is seven buckets. It's set up by the federal government. And if you recall, there was a tax act passed back in 2016 called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And you know, no matter how you feel about President Trump and his administration, it did lower taxes for a lot of folks, especially a lot of folks that tend to be in our listenership because we're in a certain bracket that is subject to those lower taxes. Those tax cuts will expire in a couple of years if they are not reenacted. I don't know how you feel about Congress. I don't know what your persuasion is. I tend to think that they don't get a whole lot done. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of kerfuffle and not a whole lot done, not a whole lot of meat on that bone, you know, to mix metaphors. But unless they reenact those or extend those tax cuts, tax rates in the middle of the seven buckets of ordinary income taxes are set to go up. So if you have an IRA and you've been deferring taxes over the over this whole time because you think your tax rates are going to be lower in retirement, because a lot of people do, a lot of people think, well, I'm going to make less money in retirement, so my tax rates are going to be lower, so I want to defer the taxes now. That could be true. That might be true, and you want to make sure that you're preparing for that. Alternatively, I would argue there's a possibility that your tax rate might actually be higher in retirement, and it's due to multiple factors. One of those biggest factors being Congress. A lot of people think that the biggest threat to their retirement plan is the market and it falling, you know, markets falling or markets crashing. 
I would argue that the biggest threat to our retirement is actually Congress because we have very little control over Congress. We have control over how much market risk we're taking. You can take less market risk by not having as much money allocated to the stock market. You can take less market risk by having money just invested in money market funds or in CDs. And right now, CDs are paying pretty good rates. Money market's paying really good too. But you cannot control Congress or what they do with those tax rates. And if you have been deferring your whole life, it is entirely possible that you may be sitting on a ticking tax time bomb or tax ticking time bomb. Difficult to say alliteration and, and to figure it all out. But there's a bomb in your retirement portfolio potentially waiting to go off when you hit retirement age and start spending that money. Because if you think about it, you may have less income, sure. That's what a lot of people say is I can live on less income. The adage you've heard is maybe 75% of your working income is what you'll need to live off of. But at what cost? Because sometimes it may come at a higher tax cost. Because as I mentioned, a lot of people are turning on Social Security and Social Security can cause a tax hit because you, you go into a certain bracket and you get taxable income. If you have that business that we talked about or you have highly appreciated stock in a brokerage account, you've done really well, invested really well. That money is, you know, maybe you bought Apple 20 years ago and held on to it till now and it's just gone through the roof. Now you turn on and sell it. You're selling it at capital gains rates. And as of right now, as of today's dollars, capital gains rates are in a three-bucket system that is much more beneficial to you than that seven-bucket system, that ordinary income system. So it's a much better way in terms of pure rate, in terms of pure tax rate, to get money out. Because a lot of times you are in a lower bracket, you know, a lower effective tax rate with capital gains rates. So you add those two together. You add in the Social Security. Maybe you have a pension if you're lucky enough to have a pension or, you know, if you worked in the PERS system and you have a pension. You got to add that in. That's going to add into how much how much income that you have and how much income tax you're going to be paying. And then add in the last piece. And I don't know what's going to happen. But my feeling is when you pull up the debt clock and you see it constantly going up. And if you want to feel freaked out, go to the U.S. debt clock, the national debt clock. You can Google it. It's a real-time debt. The national debt is through the roof. It is absolutely crazy talk how much national debt we have and how much debt to GDP we have. And in my mind, and I could very well be wrong, but in my mind, the only way that the government is going to be able to pay off any of that debt is by raising our taxes because it's reduced spending or raised taxes, right? And I don't see any way that the government reduces spending because Democrat or Republican administrations, they spend our money and they spend a lot of it. And so they are going to continue spending money because that's what the government does, in my estimation. And how are they going to pay for all that spending? They're going to tax us. And so in my mind, personally, I think that taxes are going to be up. They may not be. They may be lower. So personally, I'm exploring converting right now because even if you look at conversions in Roth conversions, which is a taxable event and can cause you to go in a higher tax bracket now, I think for me personally that having money in Roth is going to be better for the long term. And it may be different for your situation, which is why you need to do a tax plan to see how much money can you save in the long term based on today's tax rates or based on estimations and how you feel about the long term distance of the taxes. Because when you look at things and you say, well, you know, traditional wisdom has been defer, 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 keep all the money in there because you don't need it, it's going to just grow, then you pass away. 
and you have all this money in this tax-deferred bucket, and now it's passed to your children, maybe your grandchildren, depending on how your estate is set up. And if they're making good money, if they're young professionals or even you know medium professionals, they're at the highest income earning years. You think your tax rate's going to be lower in retirement, which maybe it is, but do you think their tax rate when they inherit that money is going to be lower? So maybe it makes sense to look at converting to Roth now at a lower tax rate. If you're in retirement, you could potentially convert to Roth because your tax rate is lower. So how can we disinherit the IRS from your portfolio? And there's different levers to pull. Now, that doesn't mean you should not have any money in tax-deferred buckets. We like a diversified tax strategy because that diversification word, that phrase, is always thrown around when we're talking about diversifying the assets in your overall stock portfolio or diversifying them in your investment portfolio. But I would argue that it's just as important to diversify your tax portfolio. So you want to make sure that you have different levers to pull when spending that money, when we're talking about that spending muscle, so that way you can have control of it. You know, you hear the adage for people in sales, you know, control your calendar. Don't let your calendar control you. I would argue it's just as important, if not more important, when you're in retirement from that sales job to control your taxes. Don't let the taxes control you. Because you want to make sure that you are in control of how much tax we are paying, how much tax liability you have based on being smart about planning. And it's not too late because a lot of times people will say, well, I'm 73. I'm already taking RMDs. I can't even look at that. I got to take you know required minimums. That's just, the, that's just what it is. It doesn't have to be. Depending on your situation, there are ways that we can maneuver your portfolio to lower your tax bill because I want to disinherit the IRS, if at all possible. And if it could save you $10,000, dollars $20,000, we've had folks that started working with us over the last couple of years as we implement these tax planning strategies for them that are blown away by how much money we can save them in taxes over time. And if it saves you ten. $15,000 potentially, is that worth an hour of your time? We've had clients that come in that we've saved hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes because they've never done the tax planning portion of their portfolio analysis with their current advisor. And if your advisor is not talking to you about tax planning, I don't think it's necessarily them to blame. It may be their broker dealer or their compliance department that doesn't let them talk about it because they're only focused on the tax preparation. When we're talking about tax planning, again, I'm not a CPA. We don't have a CPA on staff. We do have a partner CPA firm, but we don't have a CPA on staff to prepare your taxes. I'm not concerned about filing that invoice. I'm concerned about preparing for future invoices to make sure that those invoices aren't so high that it dips into your spending muscle, dips into your ability to enjoy your retirement. Because there are a lot of factors that you can plan for and a lot that you can't plan for. And like I said, one of the ones you can't plan for is what Congress is going to do in the future with our tax rates. But I know what the tax rate is now. I know what the tax code says right now. And we've delved deep into that tax code. And it's thousands of pages long. So if you need to sleep, I would recommend reviewing it. But there are ways that are completely legal that are laid out there in the IRC, the Internal Revenue Code, that are laid out for you to cut the IRS out of your retirement plan. And sometimes you can't cut it completely because you, if you make money, you, end up, you have to pay taxes. That's part of the social contract we've all signed in this country. But I don't want to pay any more than I have to. And if I can minimize as much as I can, then that to me is a win. So if you'd like to have that tax planning piece 
add it to your portfolio arsenal, get another arrow in your quiver, give us a call, 503-253-3000, or visit www.pricefg.com. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with estate planning made simple. This is Investing Simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified, brought to you by Price Financial Group. For a complimentary consultation, please give us a call at 503-253-3000. This is Matt May, the Chief Investment Officer here at Price Financial Group. As we head toward the holiday season, I truly want to thank you for listening and allowing us to be part of your lives in such an important matter. I wish you the very best and have a happy holidays. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show available on podcasts, both Apple and Android, as well as Amazon Music. You can also catch the show on our website at www.pricefg.com. If you've got a question that you've been thinking on and that you'd like to have us answer on the show here, please submit those to askbo, that's A-S-K-B-O, at pricefg.com. You can also text that question to our phone number, and our number here is 503-253-3000. This is Matt Sudol, Wealth Manager here at Price Financial Group, coming to you with the Estate Planning Made Easy segment together with eLegacy Law. I've got Ryan Crandall here with me. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing great. Fantastic. We've had you on the show, and we appreciate your time. You can catch Ryan by giving their office a call at 1-888-308-7526 or 1-888-308-PLAN. And I just had to look it up on the phone how to spell the plan into the digits. So whichever way you do it, you can get a hold of them. You can also go to our website at elegacylaw.com to request a complimentary consultation with somebody on their team. So today I wanted to take a deeper dive into you know, estate planning, but, you know, how do you execute a plan that's been put together? Um, Maybe you have a will and you've been named an executor, or maybe you're coming up with a will and you have to name somebody an executor. Now, part of the reason we try to talk about this during the fall season and as we exit the summer and, you know, the fun times we had during the summer, you know, too busy to do a plan, too busy to really talk about it, as we all know. But we're back. And now as we're heading towards the holidays, We're going to be spending time with family and the loved ones, I'm sure. And so we're going to have plenty of time. And nobody really wants to talk about the elephant in the room, which unfortunately we're all mortal and at some point will be um, not with us anymore. And so with that, it's probably not a terrible idea to find some time to really discuss these subjects. They're not fun to talk about, but some of the things that Ryan's going to discuss today are important and worth a quick conversation and potentially 
you know, then it can expand and open things up. Because I think just like with financial planning, transparency is key, communication is key. So if you have the loved ones that are around you and you're sharing information with them, if they're there to support you, the more they know, the more powerful they are and the more your plan works the way you want it. So I know that's a long lead way into what I was wanting to talk about, but wanted to kind of give everybody a stage as what we're going to talk about. And that is, you know, if you've picked an executor, how do you make sure that they follow your plan, Ryan? How did how do you do that? Yeah, that's that's a great question and and great advice. I think on you know the holidays are being a great time to to have these conversations with family. Uh, you know, avoid the politics and and talk about estate planning instead. Well, that's um, no fun. I think politics. That, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, they can be make for interesting conversations, right. <laughs> but uh, uh, might not be the best in terms of family harmony and depends unity. if that one uncle uh, isn't uh, at the party or not, right? <laughs> Everybody's right, got that one right. uncle. There's always that one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, estate planning—it's a good conversation to have, and and you know, it can be a little uncomfortable, but I think you can approach it with a bit of levity and 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 fun too, and. So one of the questions that we get from a lot of, of and this is great, you know, practical concern that clients have is, okay, we put together this awesome plan. Like we got all the bells and whistles and the, and the plan is, is, is great. You know, we've got provisions for like for grandkids and, and all these things. Um, but at the end of the day, how do I make sure that this actually happens? Because somebody is going to have to implement and execute on this plan. And, and so how can I really be sure that they're going to respect and carry out my wishes. And, you know, one, one good thing, and, and this kind of goes back to that, you know, having the conversation with the family around the holidays, I, I always encourage clients. I think it's, it's a generally good idea to share at least the, the primary components of the plan with our family members. Um, I, you know, some, some clients come in and they like to keep the estate plan a little bit more secret and maybe surprise uh, the beneficiaries or the people that they named as their executor, I, I think it's, it's as much as possible good to kind of have those conversations today and out out in the open with the family, so that uh, so that there's not any you know unmet expectations. Right. I, you know, well, when we look at you picked oh, them, go right? Ahead. And I was going to say you picked the, the the executor, so you obviously trust them enough. So why wait till you're you know? I mean. Six feet under. I mean, then they figure it out. Open up the Pandora's box. Right. Yeah. Why not talk about Surprise. it ahead of time? Yeah. yeah. You, you're named as executor. Congratulations. Right. Well, that even that. Yeah. Imagine somebody not even knowing, which I'm sure you get these calls all the time. Hey, just found out I'm an executor for so and so. And yep. How did that not come up? <laughs> yeah. So you know, sharing obviously you know sharing that information with the people that you've named, you know, also. You know, maybe sharing that information with the people that haven't been named, um, because I, you know, I think when we, when we see, you know, estate planning litigation that, that you know states going into court, not all the time, but a good percentage of the time, I think it's because the expectations haven't been met. That you know, maybe that child was expecting to be named the executor or the trustee, or the, or maybe they were expecting to get a a larger percentage of the estate than they did. And, and so they're upset about that. And, and that's, you know, more reason for them to go into court and to, and to challenge it and, and make a mess. You know, there's situations where it doesn't make sense to, to share all of the, the details of the trust with everybody, but sometimes, you know, I, I think that's a, a, a good practice. 
And then, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, how do we make sure that the plan gets, gets carried out? Well, a lot of that has to do with your choice of trustee or executor. And we use those terms kind of synonymously, you know, from a technical point of view, the executor is, is who is named under a will. So if you just have a, you know, a last will and testament, and that's your primary state planning document, that's going to name an executor. If you have a trust, like a living trust, and that's your primary state planning vehicle, then that's going to name your trustee. And but really, that that who are we talking about is is the person that you've put in charge of carrying out your instructions. So really, you know, that's what an estate plan is. It's a set of instructions to a person that you trust. Um, and so selecting that person person is is a really important part of the plan and, and something that. You know, we can get into some really deep discussions as we're designing these plans is, okay, really, who is the best person to name for this job? And, you know, one of my recommendations to clients is to first to think of it truly as a job. I think there's you know, maybe a tendency in some families to, uh, well, to name the oldest child, right, as the executor because they're the oldest, so I have to name them. You know, I, I encourage clients to not think of it that way. Think of it more like a job. Imagine that you were going to be, uh, you know, out of the country, and you needed to to hire somebody to manage all of your assets and and pay the bills and and manage the accounts and and to do all of that work. Um, and who would you select for that job? So, you know, when we're looking at choices of executors, who has a, a good skill set for managing finances? Who is who is has maybe more of that leadership skill set, um, and sometimes that might be someone outside of the family completely. I don't know, Matt, if you've ever run into that. You know, working with different families or, or family members. Um, you know, sometimes the family members don't make the the best executors, and so let's let's maybe consider maybe somebody outside of the family, and and possibly, you know. A, a professional fiduciary. Um, so we, we can actually pay somebody to do that, do that role yeah. of executor. Yeah. Well, a couple of things I picked up on. So number one, and I call this fine, I have a nickname for this and I call this family dynamics. And the reason I say that is because it's a real nice way of saying family politics or, you know, um, any bickering within the family, right? So naming somebody mm-hmm. you could trust. And as you said, it doesn't have to be the oldest. I'm the oldest of, the three, uh, my family, you've got a younger brother and a younger sister, and probably will end up being the executor, but not because of anything other than I already work in finance and, and have that kind of, you know, mentality. My sister would be definitely be one to deal with the healthcare aspect of it because I want nothing to do with that. And she's got some mm-hmm. experience. So every family has those. So that's important. The second thing I picked up on is, you know, it's a it's a job, and a lot of times it is a full-time job, and it is okay to compensate the fiduciary that's executing your your um, estate. And so the family should be aware of the facts like, hey, so-and-so will take care of it. It's going to take time out of their day. And sometimes I do run into it to where, you know, maybe it's an example of our family. There's three of us, and, you know, maybe I'm uh, getting compensated by settling the estate because I'm taking the time out of my day to do it. It's a full-time job. You have obviously seen this, Ryan, but 
if you haven't dealt with it, um, you know, get ready because it is a lot. You have to deal with it between banks and, you know, I mean, we're talking DMVs, we're talking title companies, we're talking, you know, I mean, hospitals and bills and whatnot that comes through. And lastly, I wanted to touch on the fact that it is a fiduciary job, meaning you have to act in the fiduciary capacity. So you need to have find somebody that you could trust to be your fiduciary, just like you do for you know estate planning or financial planning. That's key. You got to be able to act in your best interest. Um, and a lot of times a disinterested third party may be the best choice because it might avoid some of the uncomfortable family dynamics, thinking that you know, not everybody's educated in estate planning, so they may not know that, you know, I don't have control of how things get split up. I'm just simply following the plan, and somebody might, somebody might think, oh, no, you're just trying to skew things towards you so you can inherit more funds, for example, right? And that's not the case. So that's just my my thoughts on this. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a, a good case in a lot of families to be made for uh, for picking an outside fiduciary or executor. Um, you know, you pay somebody to do your taxes and you, you pay somebody to help with your financial management. So, you know, why not pay somebody to, to execute on your estate plan? And, you know, that keeps kind of the family out of it and maybe some of those hurt feelings because, you know, we see a lot of times, even, you know, when, you know, say the oldest child is doing it, even if they're doing a, a great job, the others still kind of feel a little bit left out. Um, and so, you know, maybe consider not putting them in that position of, of potential, you know, conflict and animosity and, you know, by using somebody that's, you know, outside and, and not directly interested in, right. in any of the, you know, the yeah. assets of the estate. Maybe it's a friend or somebody, you know, I mean, and then we go into the whole uh, potential of, you know, professional fiduciaries, which are also out there that you can learn about. So, um, mm-hmm. again, it's a lot of information, a lot to unwrap, um, and, uh, Ryan, you guys provide complimentary consultations so you could discuss some of these things to see, okay, does this mean, you know, does it make sense for me to go through the process of figuring all this out? I would think, you know, because we're all mortals and we're all at some point going to have to be off this um, off this planet, we probably all need a plan. But how do people get a hold of you on the website and uh, to get a hold of the complimentary consultation? Yeah, probably the easiest is, is to go to elegacylaw.com and you can pick out a, a time right away for your complimentary consultation. Usually we can be meeting with you the next business day and, and starting these discussions. Awesome. And uh, if you uh, prefer a phone number, they're at 888-308-PLAN. That's 888-308-7526. And then if you'd like to get a hold of us for a complimentary consultation, maybe take a look at how does that plan that you've put together and the execution of such a plan work with a financial plan and how do the pieces of the puzzle fall together to make sure you have everything checked off your to-do list. Give us a call at 503-253-3000. You can also send us a text message to the same number. That's 503-253-3000. appreciate Ryan joining us today. This has been Investing Simplified and we'll be back after the break. 
I'll bet you've heard me talk about e-legacy law and how Tina and I wanted to protect our family by creating an airtight estate plan. Hey, it's Lars, but e-legacy law isn't just for our circumstances. They have many ways to help you protect your assets, including community property agreements and pre- and post-nuptial agreements. Whether you're currently married, going through a divorce, or newly engaged or newly married, make sure your estate plan works for you. E-Legacy Law is a full-service estate planning law firm that's completely virtual. We worked with an experienced estate planning attorney to get our custom plan done without ever having to set foot out of our house, and you can do it too. The process couldn't be easier. They offer affordable flat fee rate pricing on all estate plans, so no surprises. Go to eLegacy Lars to get the Lars Larson special rate to save $250 using promo code SAVE, only available to my listeners. That's eLegacy Lars to save $250 today. That's eLegacyLars.com. eLegacyLars.com. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. I'm Bo Caldwell, CFP, President and CEO of Price Financial Group. As we close out the show here today, I want to say thanks again for listening. Thanks again for tuning in and for downloading our podcast. We really appreciate it. And really to mention, if there's content that you would like to hear us cover, hear our thoughts on, please send that question to askbo at pricefg.com. We're also planning on bringing on some other folks from around the financial industry. We've got We've got Rebecca Levinsky, who's on our team that handles Medicare. We'll have her back on here soon now that the annual enrollment period is over. We've got a couple of mortgage uh, you know, folks that have come on from time to time to talk about loans, talk about how to get financing for a business, how to get financing for a home. We'll have Steve Anderson on later this year. He's the property tax guy. We like to have real estate agents. Anything that has to do with money, we like to have those folks on here. And we're going to have a guest here in a couple of weeks who talks about a really exciting program you know, that we have available for folks that want to add financial planning to their 401k plan. And the gist of it is if you want to have an advisor on your 401k plan, you certainly can. And a lot of people don't know that because if you're at, you know, Nike or Intel here, you know, locally, or you're working for, you know, Kroger or one of the hospitals and you have a 403B, you're at, you know, you're a teacher, which thank you very much. You know, if you stuck it out this long, I, I know it's real hard to be a teacher right now. If you're a teacher and you participate in PERS, but you also have your, you know, your outside IEP and 403B, most of the time you have an advisor, and I'm using quotes here, that works your plan. And most of the time, most people know that advisor from the first day of work or maybe the first week because that advisor came on and helped you get enrolled in the 401k or the 403b, helped you set up your salary deferrals and maybe spent five or 10 minutes with you talking about the investment options. And you might be limited. If you're at Nike, I mentioned them specifically because they just cut down their plan. So Nike used to have a ton of different options and they've cut it down to like six or seven options, I believe. I'll have to get the number exact on it. But they cut their plan, you know, offerings inside the plan way down. Intel did the same thing. Used to be a lot of different options out there. Now, here's seven or eight mutual funds, and most of them are those target date funds. And I want to stress, there's nothing wrong with the target date funds if that's the way that you want to invest. There's nothing wrong with them. They've done just fine over time, right? A lot of, a lot of times people will just put it in, you know, the S&P 500. That's done just fine over time. But if you think it might behoove you, it might be helpful to have an advisor build you a plan, talk to you about the different investment options, and maybe, maybe even help you manage those investment options so you don't have to worry about it, 
and they're going to try to add some alpha. We have a really great opportunity to be able to help you do that. We use a company that helps to do that. If you're at one of those, you know, most 401ks here around town, most 403bs here around town, we can help you with that. And if you'd like to build up and have an advisor, because one thing I have heard a lot from folks that are working, so if you're in your 40s or 50s and, you know, you're still working and most of your investable dollars are tied up in that 401k or 403b, a lot of times folks will tell me, yeah, Bo, that's great. I'd love to do planning, but I don't have any assets that I can bring to you. If you have assets in that 401k or 403b and you'd like to hear about maybe how we can help you with those 401k or 403b assets, give us a call. All it takes is a phone call, a conversation. We're happy to chat with you about it and see if it might be a fit for you. Maybe it's not. But worst case is you take a second look at what you've done from a planning standpoint because most folks that I talk to that are participating in that retirement plan, they did that fidelity you know, single line, you know, retirement plan that you got on the website, which is great. And they did it one time, right? The last time you did it was 10 years ago when you started. And that's the case for a lot of folks. So if you haven't looked at it and want to get a second look, give us a call. And all it'll cost you is, a, you know, an hour of your time, maybe two, depending on how many questions you have. And we won't charge you for it. So 503-253-3000 if you'd like to take a look at that. And one of the things that a lot of people have found powerful when we've done that, when we sat down and said, hey, here's what I'm thinking in your 401k, because what they look at, and if you're in the TSP, this is particularly prevalent because the TSP is a great savings vehicle, but it gives you a projection and says, hey, if you, you're on track to be able to get X amount of dollars of return once you retire, it'll pay you this much monthly. And all that's doing is taking your current balance estimating based on average rates of return and then investing in an annuity and paying you out for the rest of your life. Now that may not fit for you. That may not be what you want to do, but that's what the TSP or the 403B or 401k is projecting. That's how they get that number that says you could have this much in income for the rest of your life. It's not a real plan that's built out. It's just to give you an idea of how much you could turn it into. And with some of the regulations and you know uh, stuff that have come down about these retirement plans, now they can offer annuities inside of them. And those retirement plans are super happy to do that because they get to get a lot of money and they take a lot of the risk off, right? So seems great for them. May not be great for you. Might be, might not be. But if you'd like to have a look at it, give us a call and we can take a look. Because one of the big things that those, you know, projections that they put out don't include is what's called sequence of returns. Now, I mentioned this in the open. There's something I wanted to get to, but sequence of returns is a concept that almost nobody thinks about unless you retired in the last two or three years, in which case it's big on your mind, right? If you retired in 2020 or 2022, sequence of returns is big on your mind because you were looking at how much money you saved and the market went south, right? Now in 2020, it ended up bouncing back by the end of the year, but in 2022, it did not. So if you think about how that can affect your retirement plans, having a major down year, now maybe it's 2022, maybe it's 2008, right? Maybe that's the first year and a lot of people get burned because they're looking at that average rate of return. And I've talked about averages before and how that can be really be something that misleads you. And you might say, misleads me? I don't mean deliberately misleads you, but if you look at an average return, that really doesn't tell the whole story. 
right? And I the reason is because it could be a sequence of returns that hurts you. And the way where you get hurt with a sequence of returns is if you start the period with down markets. So if we had, let's say you retired at the end of 2021, so 2022, and your plan that you did on Fidelity's website, and I, I don't mean to disparage Fidelity, they just have a readily accessible site. Any wherever your 401k is usually has, you know, a, a click and click and use self, you know, a quick little financial plan that they put out there for you, which is great. But it uses it an average rate of return. Right. And so if you're expecting a certain average rate of return to get to where you're going in your plan, a sequence of returns risk can really be a big risk for you. Let's so let's say you retired with a hundred thousand dollars in January of 2021, Mark is down 16%. So now at the end of that year, you have $84,000. Now let's say 2023 is a huge up year. It's a 16% up year. So down 16% and then up 16%. What's your average return in that situation? Zero, right? So think, well, you know, it's not great, but at least it was, you know, at least it got back to zero. But it really didn't because if you gain 16% on that 84,000, now you're at 97,440. So really you have a negative real return over those two years, even though your average return was zero. Now imagine extrapolate out that we have another down year this year, which is entirely possible considering the recessionary factors and interest rate factors. Let's say you have a down year the second year, 2000, 2001, 2002, three down years in a row, right? Could be, could be that situation. Let's say you have three down years in a row to start your retirement. It takes that much more to get back. If you go down 10%, it only takes, you know, 11 or 12% to get back to break even. But if you go down 20%, it takes 25% return to get back to even. If you go down 50%, it will take a 100% return to get back to break even. So how are you planning for that sequence of returns risk? How are you planning for what could happen if, and I say if because, again, I don't know what's going to happen in the markets going forward. I know that we plan for all eventualities, but what is going to happen, I don't know. But what if the first two years of your retirement are 2000, 2001, and now maybe you have a third year down? What if the first year of your retirement is 2008, and if you're all in stocks top to bottom, you lost 52%. Now, we made it all back, right, over several years. But if you weren't actively adding money to the portfolio or just leaving it alone, if you're one of the lucky ones that's able to live off your pension and Social Security and you don't need to touch your retirement dollars, that's great. But I haven't even factored in inflation there, right? I haven't even factored in how much more things cost or a medical emergency, a car accident, car breaks down, furnace breaks you need a new roof. All these things happen during retirement. And if you haven't planned for them, while thinking about that sequence of returns risk, you can really set yourself up for failure. And our goal at Price Financial Group, and this is the last thought I'll leave you with, our goal here with our clients and anybody we speak to or work with is not to make you rich. Because if I could make everybody rich, quite frankly, I wouldn't be doing this, right? I'd, I'd live in the Cayman Islands somewhere, <laughs> right? But because I'd make myself rich. But if our goal is to make sure that you don't run out of money and that you're able to live the lifestyle that you expect in retirement. And sometimes that means hard decisions. But a lot of times we've found the best way you can set yourself up for success is having a full holistic financial plan 
That includes your 401k, your 403b, your advanced directives, your estate planning, all of these pieces all in one spot. And if you haven't reviewed that, if you don't have a plan, you're confident that will make you able to achieve your goals or that you can explain to somebody else because you don't understand what your financial person is doing, give us a call. 503-253-3000. Sit down, have an honest, frank one-on-one with a member of our team. We all work together to build out your plan so that you can feel comfortable that you are doing all the things you need to do to set yourself up for success. I'll leave you with that. Please be safe out there. Be kind to each other. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. And we'll be back next week with more Investing Simplified. The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. A diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market. Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Wow.